that made its way all just started sliding. Ooh wee. Well hi, and welcome to another episode of Murder's a Drag. And thus another week of life. Shit is wild and crazy, what can I say? Staying positive is becoming more and more important, as well as becoming more and more difficult. So put two and two together, try to stay positive, not easy. But you gotta do it because shit's hitting the fan, so what else are you gonna do about it, you know? It's officially Pride Month, and this year, that's coming with a lot of weight for a lot of people. I don't know about y'all, but my if you're a member of the LGBT community, but my family has certainly been showing their true colors on social media by posting homophobic bullshit rhetoric, especially about drag queens. Knowing, like, good and damn well that I am a drag queen, but, you know, whatever. I've never believed that blood is thicker than water, and they're definitely not that important to me. It just still hurts my feelings to know that these people who I've known my whole life are just shit. I mean, surprise, surprise there. Never mind, not gonna insult other people. I am normally not the type to comment on some ignorant shit like that, but lately I have been, just because I feel like I can, and should, because it's Pride Month, and shit's just getting, like, too much, honestly, like, they're feeling too free and forgetting that, like, gay people have some of the best burns in history. So I've definitely been going on and commenting on family stuff, stirring the pot, and, you know, don't post some dumb shit if you don't want some dumb people coming on with some dumb shit to say, because I have a lot of dumb shit to say. There's just a lot that stirs up every time of year, this time of year, every time of year. All the time, honestly, but specifically <laughs> during Pride Month. A lot of shit stirs up. It always does. So I do like we all do in this community, and I turn to true crime and activism because at least I feel like there's some form of something important happening here, something positive coming from this experience, and we really need that right now. It's super weird for me to look back like a year or two ago today when I was just taking these bookings willy-nilly and like not really knowing the people who were booking me and then getting to know the people who were booking me and now this time of year not having anything because I stood up for myself and what I believe in. And it's like just progressively more hard to feel like I didn't do something wrong by mentioning racist jokes and racist performances that I'm uncomfortable with. Like, I just feel like I'm in the wrong for it because so many other people think that I'm in the wrong for it. And I know I'm not in the wrong for it. I know I did the right thing, but it just gets tiring. Like, it's exhausting to think about it. And you can't not think about it when, like, you know, social media likes to throw memories around at you that you didn't ask to see, but they still do it anyway, especially this time of year because I always have a lot going on in June. It's just been just too much. There's no happy ending to that story, by the way. I just called out all of that shit and then got blacklisted from the community, and that's why I have to drive to San Diego now. That's, that's the end of that story. There's no bright side. <laughs> it's just, like, drag is all I've had to express myself for such a long time, and day by day it just gets dwindled further and further away from me and just less and less opportunities, and it can get very fucking depressing very fast. Stop me from doom spiraling. I'm gonna get into the episode. So like I said, spending my time researching true crime, doing this, feeling like I'm making a difference, is what I've been putting my time into. This week, I studied the case of Edwin Kipratik Kiptu, better known as Edwin Chiloba, or simply just Chiloba. He was born February 6th, 1997, in a small village in Kenya called Sergoy. He was raised very religiously Catholic for the first few years of his life by his parents, and then tragedy kind of hit his life and didn't stop hitting his life. He lost his mother when he was very, very young, and spent some time with his father, and then a few years later in high school, he also lost his father, 
and became an orphan before he was 18. So he was pushed into the system and bounced from family member to family member who all held those same toxic Catholic views that being gay or being different was unacceptable. In an interview Chiloba did with Ebru TV, he talked a lot about how his loved one's homophobia and cruelness affected him growing up. He said family members chased him away, claiming that he had a disease being gay and that he would somehow give that to their kids like it was contagious. So he was completely ostracized and excommunicated from his family. His sister even withheld land that he rightfully had ownership of that their parents left to them, saying that he had to marry a woman and prove that he wasn't gay in order to get any of the land that their parents had left to him. Which was not her place to say, but she still was deciding to make that call on her own brother. Whatever the fuck delusional bullshit that is, it's still, you know, all under the guise of the safety of children. And that shit's international rhetoric. Like, that is one of the main things that causes damage. And this is the real-life damage that those shitty little comments can cause. It's really hard to hear how Chilobo was treated by his family, because in videos and interviews, he is literally the nicest person I've heard talk, and he's got such an even keel to him, and he doesn't get upset, and you can tell that he's just this non-confrontational person who has passion, but isn't comfortable fighting like that. He fights in a different, more peaceful way, and it just seems that his entire life that shit was thrown at him, and he didn't have a choice. In an article on Pink News by Emma Chuddy, a friend of Chiloba's named Chris McKenna said, quote, Chiloba spread love wherever he went. He was bold about his existence as a queer man and encouraged many others to do the same. As much as his family's betrayal and his loved one's betrayal had hurt him, that didn't stop or dissuade him from wanting to do activism work and wanting to be loud, proud, out, and gay. Which is incredibly commendable for somebody who lives in Kenya, where there still is colonial-era law saying that any gay person can be jailed for 14 years for being gay. It's not often used or practiced, but the law is in place, and it breeds a lot of discrimination. Chiloba definitely took up the fight for LGBT rights on social media, and he was constantly posting about homophobic laws in Kenya that he wanted to take care of, get rid of, and he wasn't the only one. There's a huge movement for this, and he was sort of spearheading it, and he definitely had this huge following that was listening to him, that wanted to help, that wanted to get rid of these colonial-era laws that have been there since the fucking 18th century to help out gay people in Kenya because it's already this very progressive country in terms of the countries surrounding it and if they were to accept gay people who's to say that that wouldn't start a wave of the countries around them you know that's kind of what happened in the states so why not there. Chiloba was definitely on that track of activism and you can tell that he loved doing what he did. I want to take a quick little sidebar to mention some things about LGBT people and the continent of Africa. I say it like that because there are a lot of misconceptions about the continent of Africa, meaning one of the main ones being that people call it a country often, which is almost funny if it weren't so sad and just like white of people to not take into consideration that there's a fuck ton of countries in Africa. Like if you look at the map of Africa, you will remember learning about it at some point in school. You just chose not to 
retain that information. There are very harsh laws against LGBT people in Africa, in many countries in Africa, some being worse than others, but there are a lot of laws that breed that discrimination and taboo hate for LGBT people. There are countries in Africa who have laws that say that being homosexual or having sex with the same gender is punishable by death. Those countries being Nigeria, Somalia, Sudan, and Mauritania. So there are a lot more countries in Africa than just that. And some of those countries do have discriminatory laws, but it's not exactly what I know a lot of people think. Because, I mean, let's be real, it, you're not being shown Africa often, especially not the developed areas of Africa. When you see it on TV or you see a celebrity go there, they're going out into like the middle of the woods somewhere to a village and talking to people with no running water, which we have in the United States as well. Like out in the Appalachian Mountains, there are certainly people in villages with no running water, living off of creeks and shit. So we rip all of that to say we're not that different. And there are a lot of parallels that I noticed between the laws and the behavior of homophobia and homophobic people in Africa and the laws and behavior here in the States. None of that is to diminish the struggle that LGBT folks have in Africa. They are discriminated against at high levels. There's a lot of violence going on towards them. Places like Uganda are definitely very, very dangerous for gay people to be in, and the violence there is very high against LGBT folks. But I just wanted to, you know, put out that information. Those are facts. That's real. It's not necessarily what you are imagining in your head from celebrities, from popular media. Obviously, none of that made life any easier for Chiloba, but it does give me and everyone else that hears his story an incredible amount of respect for him for living so out loud in a place where it's really tough to do so. After high school and lots of drama with his family, Chiloba decided to enroll at Moi University in Eldoray to earn his degree, and in 2019 decided to focus on fashion and fashion design. Once he had discovered his passion for fashion, there was no going back. Chiloba had an eye for fashion, and that was clear. He could put together a look from household items. There's a picture of him wearing, like, oven mitts and a scarf, and I'm not just doing it justice by describing it, because this look was very editorial, very vogue, and I'm just like, he's wearing oven mitts. Like, how did he make that work? But he did, and, like, he was joking, but it looked, re like, really good. It was insane. This, you have to check out his Instagram. It is insane what Chiloba did with fashion. He was definitely a rising star. He wanted to be a part of it all. He wanted to model the clothes, make the clothes, host runways, walk runways, do interviews, be in movies. He wanted to do everything and live the fantasy of a fashion designing model mama. He had very big dreams and he was on the fast track to making them come true. Chilobe even began building his own brand of clothing that was getting very popular on Instagram and social media. He was being shared around and really becoming this big figure in fashion in West Africa. His family caught wind of what he was studying in school and said that the only reason he was studying it and that the only reason that he was gay was because of Satan and Satan's influence on his life and the devil somehow got there and whatever. They do say the devil wears Prada. That was probably one of the dumbest things I've ever said on this show. I'm so sorry. Dad jokes. Gay dad jokes, for sure. 
as much as it hurt Chiloba to hear that nonsense from his family, it kind of set a fire under him to prove them wrong and to show them that he could be in the fashion industry and that that would be okay, that it's not the end of the world that he's out here making a living for himself and living his dream. With that fire lit under him, Chiloba moved to Kenya's capital city of Nairobi. He wanted to pursue his dream somewhere that had more opportunity for him, and he quickly seized that opportunity, which is how you can really tell somebody's going to be a star. When you hear their story, once they move, make that move to that bigger city, they are doop, 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 doop. Like, they are doing it, doing their thing, making it. Kind of like I was when I first moved here. I'm fine. I'm not, you know, I don't feel any type of way, obviously. We're all good here. But Chiloba was definitely doing that. He was taking those opportunities. He even got signed to a modeling agency, made friends with them, made friends with all these connections. He got asked to do lots of different photo shoots, pageants, runways. He was getting popular very fast. Along this fashion journey of his, Chiloba met a man named Jackton Odiamba, who caught his eyes for a few reasons. One, Jackton was a freelance photographer and Chiloba was a model, so the two made a good pair. Two, Chiloba thought that Jackton was hot and Jackton thought Chiloba was hot, so that definitely worked in their favor. And three, they were both interested in each other. That's the same as number two. I'm sorry, there weren't three things. There were actually two things. The two were quickly enamored with each other and swept up into a whirlwind romance. And very whirlwind indeed they would apparently post these pictures have been since taken down or moved which makes sense and will make sense to you later but posted lots of pictures together of them as the happy couple doing all these couple things moving in together going out together just doing all of those cutesy things that people will post on social media to make you think that their life is going one way when in reality most of the time it's not going quite as good as they would lead you to believe. And in this case, that was true. According to one of Chaloba's best friends, Michelle Talami, happiness was not part of their relationship. According to a Medium article, Michelle had posted a memorial post on Twitter and said, quote, painful that he who claimed to love you broke your heart over and over. We talked about it so many times. This was not, in all caps, love but that pure heart of yours would not let go so seeing that post started to skew where this case was going for me and things take sort of a dark turn here apparently things hadn't been peachy for a long time and maybe were never very good Jackton was an extremely jealous lover and hated to see Chiloba out there socializing and schmoozing and trying to make a name for himself in the fashion industry and Chiloba was also this beautiful fucking specimen of a person. I mean, gorgeous. So Jackton's insecure and Chiloba is gorgeous and quickly becoming super popular because of how gorgeous he is. So this is putting Jackton in this very toxic situation for his bad case of jealousy. And that sounds a little like I'm trying to blame Jiloba there, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Jackton should have left then when he knew he couldn't handle being with somebody who was more successful than he was. That's, that's what I'm meaning to say there, just to clarify. Jackton did not understand and didn't really care to understand where Jiloba was coming from or how his industry worked. And if Jiloba wasn't doing what he wanted him to do, Jackton would get explosive. 
On New Year's Eve this past December, Jackton and Chiloba went out to ring in the New Year's together. They posted happy pictures and videos of themselves all over social media. And around 3 a.m., neighbors heard them get in and then quickly heard arguments start and then screaming and then silence. Which, to be fair to the neighbors, on New Year's Eve could just easily be like a drunken spat and then everybody goes to bed. But this should be a lesson to always think when you hear something like that. After that night, nobody sees Chiloba again. A few days later, on January 2nd, 2023, January of this year, the neighbors complained to the landlord about a bad smell coming from Chiloba and Jackton's apartment, uh, to which the landlord texted Chiloba's phone and asked about it, and Chiloba responded from that phone saying it was a dead rat. Apparently, a few hours after that text, Jackton was seen leaving the apartment complex with a strange metal box and putting it in his car and driving off. A few days later, on January 4th, 2023, a group of motorcyclists, kind of like a motorcycle gang there, um, who don't really do bad things or more just kind of like in it for the biking. It's kind of cute. They see a car with no license plates dumping a strange metal box on the side of the road, like a, like a big safe, basically. Um, and they dump it into a ditch that has like a bunch of other trash in it. But they are like, why is this plateless car dumping a metal box into this ditch, regardless of what's in the ditch. So even being a biker gang, they're like, hey, that's sketchy. Let's call the police. And the police come to investigate. The police open the container and inside is Chiloba's body. His mouth was stuffed with a sock and he had blue fingertips, which had told the coroner at the scene that he died of asphyxiation. It seems like things obviously work a little bit different there as far as the legal system goes, and things are a little cloudy. But from what I understand, Chiloba's face had been badly mutilated. Um, it was bad. I'll just leave it there. It was very, very bad. And it was clear that whoever did this was insane. Uh, the crime scene was handled awful. There's unfortunately a video of it. Do not recommend. I accidentally had it start playing because again the news there is a little bit different a little less censored and there's a video of them pulling out the body but they just dump him in the sand and there's no respect going on it seems awful for if there's any dna evidence to be pulled like there's a group of 60 or more people recording all of it happening just awful like very much mismanaged i don't know if that's a standard or what but i just knew it was worth mentioning that that's out there and to be careful if you look anything up to not watch that video. It does, however, show like video evidence of zero respect for Chiloba, even after he was murdered. It's honestly pure luck that anything came of this uh, in this situation, because months later there had been three other unidentified murdered LGBT people who were eventually identified but never solved the cases, there was never any work put into them. Um, I plan on doing another episode to kind of cover this more deeply, that's why I'm being vague, but it just is really surprising that the work that was done on Chiloba's case was done, and I have a feeling it's because of the international pressure that was put on this case, because Kenya is not the kindest to LGBT people. Reports of Chiloba's murder broke, and neighbors and the landlord from their apartment were horrified and immediately told police everything that they knew from New Year's Eve. News outlets pick up the story, and when Chiloba's awful and homophobic family gets wind of his murder, 
they were less sad that he was murdered and more upset that he was being called gay in the news when they claimed that he was a pastor and not LGBT plus, which is not true. Like, he has a full-ass Instagram account that says that he is a gay man who is a gay activist. Like, definitely not a pastor. So I don't know what they were trying to do. I guess save face in the village. But from what I saw of photos of a memorial, the village was very supportive of Jaloba and very proud that their hometown person had become so successful in fashion. So I'm not really sure what's wrong with his sister or that side of the family, but they are very fucked up people. After the information given to them by neighbors and the landlord, Jackton is immediately apprehended and confesses because of how big this case got. Again, I don't think that he thought anybody would care, but it got huge national attention and pressure was put on Kenyan authorities to break the case and make something happen. Jackton admits that on the night of New Year's Eve, he was in a jealous rage because he had found out that Chiloba was allegedly cheating on him, which is not true. None of that was true. He's just a very toxic and jealous person. So he went into a rage and strangled and mutilated Chiloba. Again, that international pressure led Kenyan authorities to quickly announce that they were charging Jackton with the murder. Friends and real, true, actual loving family of Chiloba attended his memorial, and like I said, it was packed. There were so many people there. Chiloba's death has been sparking fierce debates in Kenya about LGBT rights, leading some politicians to say that LGBT people should be jailed because they're calling this a gay-on-gay crime, which is insane. Never heard of that before. But they're saying that, like, the laws and the homophobia that's built into the system isn't to blame, which is not fully true. But, like, the they're using this as, like, a conservative jumping point to be like, well, see, this is what the liberals are doing, and blah! So it has just gotten a lot of attention. Some of it good from activists, from people who loved him, sharing memories and stories. Some of it bad from Fox Newsy, far-right, scary individuals. Lots of comments under the articles about his murder are terrible because they're from websites like Africa News and websites from Kenya where people there are definitely not as progressive as people in California, I'll put it that way, and are commenting terrible, terrible things. So again, if you're looking at articles or you're looking at these things, try not to read that part. This case is definitely a wake-up call for those who need one, which is generally not LGBTQ people because we live this shit, but this is definitely the wake-up call to say there is laws out there still in place from colonial era that are affecting people today in 2023 which alone is absolutely ridiculous. Again, comments under the articles that were saying things like he wasn't killed for being gay and that it's gay on gay crime and we're blaming Africans for his death and it's leading to negative stereotypes. And that's not what this is trying to do. This is just pointing out that when you have laws that allow LGBT people to be treated as less than human, people are going to treat them as less than human, including other LGBT people. That's everybody. When you dehumanize a person, you dehumanize a person. That's that. Like, that's the end of the discussion. It's not a blaming game. It's just facts. I know how frustrated and scared I get here in the United States, in California, 
So I will never be able to comprehend how frustrating and scary it is for the gay folks in Kenya. I think a gay rights group in Kenya summed it up the best for me when they tweeted, quote, words cannot even explain how we as a community are feeling right now. Edwin Chaloba was a fighter, fighting relentlessly to change the hearts and minds of society when it came to LGBTQ lives. Chiloba was a fighter, and he spent most of his life fighting for what he felt was right, what he knew was right, and what he believed in. And he did that very successfully. I thoroughly enjoyed researching this week's case and researching Chiloba and what he did as a fashion designer and as a queer activist in Kenya. It's really, really interesting. I suggest you do the same. And again, be careful in the comment sections and shit. But that's the story of Edwin Chiloba. I hope you get as much interest out of the facts of the case that I did and hopefully open your eyes a little bit too, like it did mine. This case is very much a society problem, something that needs to be looked at and looked at everywhere, not just in Africa, not just in the United States. This is a global issue that is really at the forefront right now, like I've been saying. Anyways, that's this episode. I've been Aura Van Dank, your host. I've got little, you know, things in my face for making this a thing. I'm sorry I wasn't super funny. But I, like I said, things are shit right now, so it's hard. But I will see you same place, same time next week. Bye.